staying with him, holding fast to that confidence. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. Father, I thank you because you are a faithful God. Father, I thank you that when you speak, you have the power and you have the integrity to back your word. And so, Lord, we thank you for all the testimonies that have come forth. And we thank you for some of us that are holding fast to your promise, to your word. We know, we are confident that you will do the same for us. Father, hide me behind the cross tonight. Let every word that comes out be what you want to say to your people. And we'll give you all the praise and we'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And if people said, Amen. Maintaining your confidence in God. If the enemy can take anything from you, don't let it be your confidence. Your confidence is what you need for you to be able to achieve and to obtain from the Lord everything you want. And that's the number one thing outside of your faith that this devil wants to take from you. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36. It says, so don't lose your confidence. It will bring you a great reward. King James Version says, hold fast to your confidence, for it has a great recompense for reward. Verse 30 says, it says, you need endurance so that after you have done what God wants you to do, So when you're having confidence in God, in his ability, in his promise, in what he has told you he will do for you, there's a need for endurance. There is a need for patience. And there are things he's going to tell you to do. And that's where I think some of us begin to lose our confidence. But he says if you endure and if you do what he wants you to do, you will receive what he has promised. And that is something, that is a word from the Lord you and I can take to the bank any day. When Paul was writing this to the Hebrews, to the Jews who had converted to Christianity, they were going through so much persecution. Church history says that the persecution was so bad, they took their property from them, they, provide, they prevented them from taking part in anything in the society. And Emperor Nero, who was kind of in charge over that time, would impose heavy taxes on these people that, have, that were in Judaism that had you know, uh, converted to Christianity. And some of them were even killed. So it was at this point they were now being tempted to go back to Judaism to go back to the temple and go back to all the laws and all the things they were doing. And Paul wrote this to encourage them. Don't hold fast to the confidence that you have. Hold fast to what you believe, the finished work of Jesus. It's not going to be easy. Christianity, even now, even then, has never been easy. You have to learn, as believers, we have to learn that the ways of God are not our ways. And I think that's what trips us up most of the time because we have the expectation. And like I said two weeks or last week, two weeks ago, the expectation of God, 99.999% is not the same as ours. 
But when we always look back in retrospect, we can see the reason why he's doing what he's doing. But at that time, we never saw it. And so those Christians were so persecuted so harshly, they were wanting to go back to what they knew before they got saved. And isn't that the same thing with some of us? I mean, I barely watch the news these days. It's like one thing, one is finishing and then something else. It's like, what, how bad can it get? And then you start wondering, okay, when is Jesus going to come back? I want him to come back. And then you talk to your children. Oh, no, I don't want him to come back yet. I want to get married and have children first. And you're like, okay. So, I mean, so, so many things, even in our lives, we believe in God for something. We've been praying. Pastor Roy mentioned something the other day that a lot of believers, and we all know that. If I tell everybody here who is going through something or believing for something, every hand we raise up. But what the enemy is trying to do is to steal our confidence. That's all he's trying to do. When he attacks your body, it's your confidence he's trying to get from you. When he attacks your finances, he's wanting you to lose confidence in the finished works of Jesus. And so Paul says here, don't lose your confidence in him. Let me read in in that uh, scripture in the New King James. He says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Again, for you have need of endurance after you have done the will of God, that you may receive the promise. And then in verse 37, he says this. And yet a little while, and yet a little while, and he who is coming will come. It's never automatic. Even the second coming of Jesus is not automatic. The promise that you're waiting for is not automatic. This is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And Christianity is for us to realize that this is a marathon. We are running a race. And at the end of this race, we want to make sure our confidence in the Lord is intact. Because you're going to look back at your life, at the end of your life, and you're going to see that God has not failed you in any way but you have to hold on and make sure your confidence even when you pass through difficult times difficult situations that we want to just make you give it all up so what does confidence mean it means a few things it means you're fully persuaded paul used this scripture in philippians chapter 1 verse 6 he says being confident in this very thing that means being fully persuaded that he who has begun a good work in you, that God does not have projects that are not finished. When God starts a project, the Bible says he will complete it. When God gives you a promise, when God gives me a promise, he will see to it that he does that promise for us. Amen. He says he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Confidence also means you have unwavering faith in the Lord. It means you're certain and you have an assurance of your relationship to God. You are very confident in the love of God for you, knowing that he loves you so much and that anything he allows to go through his hands in your life it's because he's filtered it and he knows it's for your good. Amen? 
And now, when we talk about confidence, confidence is not a feeling. I'm going to say that again. That's very important. Confidence is not a feeling. You can have confidence in God and you can be shaken. Confidence is a decision. It's a decision we make that no matter what, even if I'm crying, even if I'm shaking in my boots, even if I'm uncertain, I'm still confident in the Lord. And let's see how how, um, David made this very, very clear in Psalm 27, verses 1 to 3. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my uh, fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. You see all the stuff he was going through? I mean, look at what he says here. He's afraid. He says, why should I be afraid? It's because he was afraid. He was in danger. He was trembling. People came to devour him. Enemies and foes attacked him. He was surrounded by an army. Betrayer, his own son betrayed him. The army, the general of his army betrayed him. He went through so much. And yet, look at what he says. He says, I, I will, I will. It was a conscious decision. Not because he didn't have stuff going on around him. But it was a conscious decision that I will remain confident. When we have feelings, our feelings are so easily, can easily change. That's why we must not be moved by how we feel. Because feelings are so fickle. But decisions that we make to decide, you know what? This ship I'm on, this Christianity ship is sailed. I'm already like, some of us are more than halfway <laughs> on our destination to, go, to meet the Lord, right? We are like almost there, or at least halfway there. I cannot, what am I going to turn back to? Am I going to go to the club now? Am I going to start smoking or drinking? I mean, you know what I mean? What am I going to do now? So, I mean, this all my life. So that's the kind of decision we have to make to say, you know what? And you know, that's very attractive to God, though. Even for us human beings, you've seen, when I see someone passing through stuff, and I know that is really hard, and I see them standing. You know when the Bible says, when you've done all, stand and keep standing? There's a reason for that. Because you don't want to stand. When things are really going on, honestly, you don't want to get out of bed. You just want to lay down there and just don't talk to anybody, don't open the doors, don't do nothing. But when the Bible says stand, and you have that strength to stand, it, it, that speaks more to people. That's a testimony more than any words you can say. And so we find out that in times of difficulties, That's when our testimonies are shining even more. 
Who grows when things are good? I mean, I don't. Any of you grow spiritually when everything is all rosy? No. The truth is, we grow, we grow stronger with the Lord, we, 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 we drive ourselves to our knees, we drive ourselves into the Word of God when things are not going the way we want to go, we want it to go. And so when you're standing in confidence, it's very attractive. And that's what really makes people want to know the God. That, and also, that if, if Sister Aura can be going through that and she still has that joy, I want to have what she has. They don't see her falling apart, having emotional outbreaks and, and all of that. She's, she's standing firm. She's, she's, she's rooted in what she knows. I mean, she's crying, but she's, she's still in the Lord. That's, very, that's what makes people want to know what we know or who we are serving to want to make them come. So that's what David is saying here. He says, I'm confident. My confidence is not shaken because these armies are around me, because I'm afraid, I'm trembling, people are against me. No. He says my decision is to stay confident. And then in Psalm 27, he says, verse 13 and 14, he says, I remain confident in this. I remain confident in this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I remain confident in that. That despite everything, and you see the life of David, how it ended. All the troubles, living in the cave, hounded, I mean, anointed as a king, I think at the age of, was it 15 or 16? But he didn't get onto the throne until he was almost 30. All the stuff he had to go through. But did you say God failed David? No. David lived a full Full life serving the Lord. And to this day, his, Jesus is the son of David. The Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. Now, sometimes, this is where some, I, I know I do that sometimes. You try to want to put confidence in people. That's a mistake you must never make. We really have to start going away from that putting confidence in people, or even putting confidence in things. Okay, my bank account is, has many zeros behind it. I feel more secure now. No, that must not be your security. Whether there are zeros, 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 a lot of them behind your, 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 the ones or whatever in your account, that must not be your security because that can be taken away in the twinkle of an eye. And moreover, we've seen people that are very rich, that are the most miserable, can't sleep. So our confidence must not be in things. Our confidence must not be in people. Because people are just people like us. I disappoint people. And so when you put confidence in people and they disappoint you, it now starts to filter and you're feeling like God has disappointed you. No. It's not God that disappointed you. You just transferred your confidence from God to people. And that's what people do. Humans are humans. Look at what Hebrews uh, chapter 13 verse 5 and 6 says. It says, don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere men do to me? See, the Lord is the one that is our helper. 
When God is your helper, you don't have to be afraid that somebody will let you down. People come, people go. Money comes, money goes. Job goes, job comes. But when you have God, he's constant. He's always there. So he says you can say with confidence. It's it's the confidence that comes is, is saying, you know what? I have God. And once I know I have God, I'm confident about that. No matter what, people come, people leave, I'm, I'm going to be here with my God. And so God remains your constant. And that's what the, the Bible is saying here, that he has to remain the constant. Psalm 118 verse 8 says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. And the Bible, there's another scripture that says, The arm of flesh will always fail. If you trust in people, if you trust in things, it will always fail you. So what the endurance that we are talking about, when you are enduring things that are going on in your life because you are believing God and you are holding on to God, sometimes condemnation, condemnation will want to come in. Like I spoke about three or so weeks ago, you will now start saying, okay, is this something I'm doing wrong? Is this something I said? Why am I, why am I not having things happen to me like it's happening to brother A, brother B, and brother C? And what happens with that is what the Bible says here. It says, Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, 1 John 3, verse 21, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. So you must fight condemnation. You must fight because condemnation will steal your confidence in the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 to 5. It says, Such confidence we have through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. And how should that be, or why should that be? Because we know that God is faithful. We know that God is reliable. We know that God is good. We know that God is on our side always. We are not faithful all the time. We are not good all the time. We fail God all the time. But the confidence we must have is not in ourselves. The confidence we must have is that God loves you unconditionally. And that nothing will ever separate us from the love of God. Amen? Because our strength are feeble, but God's strength is everlasting. In, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 to 38, again, that same scripture. I want to talk a little bit about endurance. It says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance. And that endurance there means patience, patience, patience. I think in this society and most of us, because of the, the fastness of the society, things are done quickly, we want it now and it happens now. The things of God, unfortunately, are not like that. God works in our character. God wants our character to be so developed so that when he expands our ministry or expands us in the areas we are praying for, the character that he has developed in us is able to carry us. I mean, we've seen people that if you, they get successful so quickly, 
and it destroys them. Or you put some responsibilities on them. We, as a rule in this church, if you come to church and you want to do this, you want to do that, we usually wait, give you some time to get to know you, to get to know how, how you know, spiritual, how much of the Lord you know, how, how mature you are, before we give you responsibility. Because the way it is, if you put something on, we even know that with our own kids. If you put responsibilities on, they are not ready to take, or they, are not, they don't have the ability to carry it. You're actually destroying them. And it's the same thing. God will not put on us. God will not give us what he had, we've not matured and developed to get to. And so in most cases, that is the patience we need, allowing God to work on the inside of us, to develop our character, to make us ready for the gifts and for the promises to come to pass. Amen? So it says, God, if you stick it out, God's plan for you will come to pass. Amen? Now, why is confidence in God very, very important? Why is confidence in God important? Ephesians chapter 3 verse 12. It says, we have boldness and access. We have boldness and access to God when we are confident. We know that. If you are not confident in God, you won't even want to go to his presence. You don't want to pray. You don't want to go, you know, talk to him. Because you are not confident that he's going to do what you've asked him to do. Why pray? So when you have confidence in God, it gives you that boldness and it gives you access into his presence. And then also great reward comes from having confidence in the Lord. That's in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 35. He says, do not, therefore, fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. There's reward that your prayers will be answered. There's reward that God will do what he has promised. If you have a ministry, if it's a business, if it's your family, as long as you stay with God and you keep your confidence and you patiently wait for the Lord to do what he needs to do in you. If you give him that, that confidence, I think that is so important. Once you do that, you are going to have the blood of Jesus. We take care of all that needs to be taken care of. You will find that all your prayers will be answered. And God, you will be healed. You will be healed. Amen? And then also, confidence in the Lord causes us to be planted and to flourish. You will see this in Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 to 8 in the NIV. He says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in the Lord. Listen to what will happen to them in verse 8. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. That tree has no worries in a year of drought and will never fail to bear fruit. See what confidence can do? Confidence plants you in the Lord. When you are confident in God, nothing shakes you. The Bible says there, even when drought comes, you you are flourishing. You are bearing fruit. You are not dry. You are not in the wilderness. 
even in the year of drought, there's fruit in your life. Even in times of difficulty, you are bearing fruit. Even in times of troubles, people can see that your life is still attracting people, attracting souls, and causing people to rejoice in what God is doing in you. And that's what it says, confidence. It's only confidence in the Lord that can do that. Only confidence in the If you're not confident in God, you are going to be easily swayed, and I'll come to that. Double-mindedness comes when we are not confident in the promises. We've been standing, okay, I've been standing on this promise for years and years, and it's not coming to pass, and you're not beginning to be double-minded about it. And the Bible says clearly, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and let not that man think that he will receive anything from the Lord. So confidence in the Lord, no matter what, even if you have to get some confessions you make, when that particular area and you get that scripture, make it the first page in your Bible, stick it there, and say it over and over and over until it takes root in your heart. And when that trouble or when that doubt and disbelief comes, it's like the, the proverbial, you take the toothpaste and you press it, what comes out of it, let it be that scripture that you're holding on to, that comes out of you when the rubber hits the road, which it will do for all of us which it will do for all of us. Amen? Your strength in the things of God is tied to your confidence in God. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. It says, For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, in returning and rest you shall be saved, in quietness and confidence, shall be your strength. That quietness and rest is so important. When you're confident in the Lord, you are resting in Him. Your spirit is calm. You are restful. It brings rest to your soul. Hebrews 9, uh, 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. It says, There remains a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself seized from his works as God has from his. What is that saying? That when you have confidence in God, it shows in your actions. It really does show. If you are not at rest, if you are very anxious, if you are very, you know, you, you, you can see sometimes people, they are so anxious and so panicky over everything. And truly worrying and panicking and anxious over nothing, it just makes your body produce cortisol and it's not healthy for you. But when you are at rest with the confidence that you know what? God will take care of this. Like you said, you took your hands off. God, I took my hands off. And now look, he's done it. Just yesterday we were talking when we had a study yesterday. In 24 hours, you took your hands off. Joy called. You were at peace and at rest. And that's where the enemy sometimes, I know that's where he gets us, the anxiety. Especially when it has to do, you know, with things that are serious. I mean, like your health, like your finances. You don't have money to pay the bills and bills are piling up. Yeah, you're going to be anxious. You got a report from a doctor. You're going to be anxious. But the thing is to rest. 
to just rest. Three weeks ago on June the 2nd, I had my mammogram done, and they said they found something on my right breast. I came here and preached. I think it was only like Jennifer and Kathy that knew about it. I knew that, you know, I was at peace and at rest. And Sister Grace prayed about it, went back, did whatever they needed to do, came back, there's nothing. You know, you, we have to get to that point, not to let the enemy get us frazzled all the time. Because that's what he's trying to do. When he comes against you, like I said, all he's coming to do is to take your confidence. Because like all these things we've talked about, if you don't have confidence, you can rest. If you don't have confidence, you can't pray. If you don't have confidence, you can't do anything, basically. Your faith will be gone. And so it's something we have, and it's a decision you make. I keep saying that it's a decision. It's not something that is automatic. You have to keep telling yourself, like David, in this yet, I will be confident. In this yet, I'll be confident. I don't have this money, but God, I'm confident you will take care of it. A month will come by, you'll be wondering, oh, how did it happen? And God has done it. God has done it. Amen? You need confidence to have your prayers answered. Listen to this, 1 John 5, 14. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask him anything according to his will, he hears us and he answers us. If you don't have confidence in him, how is he going to hear you? Because you are double-minded. And then quickly, let me go to keys. How do you develop your confidence in God? Like we're talking about, it's a decision you make and you go, but how do you do that? The first thing is you have to get to your place of rest, like I was saying. Just refuse to let yourself be troubled. Just, I mean, it's just refuse, no matter what is going on. Don't allow yourself to be troubled. Hebrews 4, verse 1 to 3. It says, therefore, since a promise remains, God has a promise for us to enter his rest. Let us fear lest any of us seem to have come short of it. He's saying here, have a place for you to rest. Don't allow yourself to be deprived of it. Basically, that's what he's saying. He says, for indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith, in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter his rest. Amen? We have to. As he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. For though the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Basically, he's saying here that he's saying, you have this place that I have given you to enter the rest of God. Just be at rest. Be at peace. And then avoid self-doubt. Doubt is the killer of confidence. Once you've entered rest, avoid any doubt. Don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt if you've heard God. That's the trick of the enemy, to cripple us. What is self-doubt? Self-doubt is when you doubt yourself, you doubt your abilities, you doubt whether you are really in Christ, you doubt whether Christ really has promised you, you're just doubting what God has called you to do. One minute you're, you're confident and then, oh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. And then it just, your confidence just filters away. 
And that feeling of uncertainty, oh, did God really tell me, okay, if God said it, this is 20 years I've been believing God, maybe Abraham didn't do that. It took as long as it took, but he was confident. He still called himself Abraham. God changed his name. He didn't stop calling himself the name God called him. He didn't go back to calling himself Abraham. He was Abraham for 20 how many years? He would tell them, good morning, this is Abraham. They made fun of him. But he didn't doubt what God had told him. Amen? Now, we talked about doubt. What self-doubt would do is the questioning. That's what self-doubt does. It makes you to question. And then it makes you double-minded. And then the Bible says in James chapter 1, verses 6 uh, and 5 to 8, it says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. For he is double-minded and unstable in all his ways. So being double-minded and doubting yourself is going to make us unstable believers. You can't have confidence if you are one way, this way today, on top high, happy, and then the next day you're down in the dumps. God won't know where to place you. You know, God won't know, you know, is she on fire or is she not? Because one day is one thing, one day is self-pity, the other day you are happy. So that's not what God wants from us, amen? So what gives us confidence in God? What gives us confidence in God? Remembering what God has already done. When you remember what God has done for you in the past, it puts confidence in your mind. All of us have testimonies. We have things that God has done where you just gave up and then he just came and he did it and you knew this was God. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 37. Moreover, David said when he was about to face Goliath, He said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he also will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. God has done so much for us. Every one of us here. We all can look back and see what the Lord has done for us. And so we can have confidence. We can have confidence that God will do what he has promised us. I don't know what you are believing God for. I know I'm believing God for a lot of things. And I can already see, you know, when they said, you see the shaking in the trees, you know, the wind is moving. I can already see it. And when I don't see it, I know it's going to come. I was coming on, was it a few days ago? I believe it was on Thursday. I was coming in and I saw those roses in the front. And I remembered in, in, I think it was in January or February when we had that stuff come through, the freeze. And Jennifer, we were going to pull all of them. And Jennifer says, no, don't pull them. We're going to trim them. They will probably be okay. And they trimmed those roses back. And for weeks, you just came back. They were just like dead sticks, just right there sticking on the ground. And in my mind, I was like, this thing is dead. Why don't we pull it and plant fresh and then one day I was coming in and I saw rosebuds. 
And so, and now they are blooming. They are so beautiful. You know, sometimes that's what God does with us. God will prune you and cut off so much. And you will look like a bare forest. It's like no, nothing. They're dry. But can you be patient and still have confidence in him? And that knowing that no matter how much he cuts off, no matter how dry it looks, if you have confidence in him, one day you're going to come in and say, wow, this dry bush, this stick that looks so dry, I'm glad I stayed planted in the word of God. Now, see the roses are blooming and everybody's coming by to admire it. Amen? So today, stand to your feet and I just want you to talk to the Lord and just tell him, Father Lord, I'm, I'm confident. I may not have exactly what it is. All the things I'm asking for, my prayer list is, is long. But Lord, I know you are faithful and I know you can do it. So Lord God, tonight we give you praise. You are a faithful God. You are a faithful God. You are faithful from generation to generation. You are God. There is none like you, my Father. When you speak, you can do it. Oh, God, we worship you tonight. Father God, we thank you that we will be the children, your children that are confident in you. Our confidence is not in ourselves. Our confidence is not in our education. Our confidence is not in our money, our finances. Our confidence is not in our background. God, our confidence is in the finished works of Jesus. And so, Lord God, tonight we thank you that everything that we have put in your hands, everything we are believing you for, Lord, we thank you that we are confident that we will see the manifestation of them all. Father, be with us as we go home. Bring us back here on Sunday in your presence. Father, all those that have traveled on vacation, we ask, oh God, that your traveling mercies continue to cover them as they have fun and enjoy their time of rest and bring them back safely to us. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen.